people are looking for more personal reasons why they should invest in your service you know what is different about you and what why are you the person for them it's real life stuff and that's what people are after they want to know that they're buying into like a real person and the other thing is is it can't be copied your stories can't be copied your experiences can't be copied your case studies can't be copied you know people can copy everything else you know and people try and copy a lot of my stuff you know still now um but you know they can't copy me because you might not want to but <laughs> you know, they can't they can't copy you Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Grow Your Business with Video podcast. We are going to dive straight into the episode this week because you are in for a treat. I'm speaking with Dom Hodgson about his business and marketing journey and he's got tons of insights to share, especially when it comes to the fundamentals of effective marketing. So let's dive right in. My guest today is a big character and someone else who I would describe as a prolific entrepreneur. <laughs> there he is. He runs two businesses in the pet industry and in both cases has scaled them up massively and ridiculously quickly as well. He is the self-professed king of getting shit done and is always coming up with new ideas to market his business and to help more people all over the world. We've known each other for five or six years now. He's a regular client of Artifact Media, but much more than that, he is one of my best pals. It is, of course, Dominic Hodgson. Welcome to the show. <laughs> how thank is it going my friend Alex that was very kind of you thank you you're welcome well you, you, one of the th uh, things that I suppose we will perhaps uh, let the, the listener know about is I've kind of took a bit of inspiration from when we've done podcasts in the past and you have done similar intros for people and I thought it was quite a good way of kind of you can sort of butter up your guest a little bit don't you for sure for sure you know I love a bit of butter <laughs> exactly so how's things man um as i said to you just before we started rolling uh i i'm conscious of this not becoming the coronavirus podcast because we are recording this in the midst of the whole lockdown like everyone else um but we can't help but mention it a little bit so so how how have things been uh the past few weeks for you similar to a lot of people i think really uh, quite you know traumatic and scary and uh uh disorientating and you know all of these different things and people are, are dealing with it in different ways at different times it's hitting different people isn't it and from a sort of personal point of view I've, I've had trouble sleeping um Beth's having trouble sleeping she's struggling to breathe on a night you know anxiety and uh oh, wow the kids and stuff as well but you know I mean we're okay don't get me wrong but like it's just a, I think that's just um a reflection of how everybody's kind of feeling about it, isn't it? You know, uh, yeah. from a business point of view, it's kind of shut down a couple of sides of my business. So the adventures and the boarding, they've kind of completely stopped at the moment. Um, but at the same time, I've got other stands of the business that have kept going. And there's also been a bunch of opportunities as well. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling what we're now, as we record this, we're like entering the, are we in the fourth week now? I can't remember. Was it the fourth week of lockdown or? I think so. Yeah, it's it's hard it's to keep track. Fourth week of lockdown, and yeah, I feel the most normal that I've felt so far. I'm getting plenty done. I got my ledger out uh, this week. I've been back out on the bike, so I'm trying to get a bit more routine into my in my days, really. You know, so that I'm not using the the four o'clock briefing as the only kind of compass point on on my day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> a bit of, oh, bit of reality, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good good stuff. I'm glad to hear that that you're 
doing better. Um, it's a similar situation for, for me as well. And I imagine a lot of people are kind of going through peaks and troughs. Um, you mentioned about Beth and her sort of, because uh, uh, I know she's joining the business soon. I suppose we need to uh, rewind slightly on that for people who perhaps don't know who you are, and what you do. Would you mind just kind of introducing yourself and giving us a an overview of what you're all about? Absolutely, yeah. So um, I'm Dom Hodgson. I am uh, I'm a, a dog trainer, uh, a pet business um, coach and consultant. Uh, I mentor other pet business owners now. That's kind of the main um, sort of main part of my business now has been for the last kind of three years. Uh, I'm an author. I've written six books. Uh, I run live events. Um, and yeah, my main, main part of my business now is uh, helping other pet business owners to kind of connect with their audience and, um, you know, build profitable businesses where they can make lots of money for themselves and, and make a big impact in their community. Thank you for sharing that. It's a, it's a hell of a journey that you have been on. And as you say, I'm, I'm, I do feel sort of privileged to have been a part of it because we have known each other like that many years now. And it's been super interesting and really insightful to see your your journey as you've gone through. Like you say, thinking way back to to when we first started filming, which was um, which was mainly about the, the the dog walking business and about the store as well, and kind of doing little product reviews and um, showing people what went on in the adventures. And like as you said, the, as much as the store is no longer a thing, the walking side is. That's like a separate arm of the business that you manage, but kind of have been able to step away from and concentrate on the the coaching side and it's just been really cool to see that um transition i think and i think um you said you you know you needed to get a you, you realized you needed to get a grasp on marketing i think it's fair to say you've got a pretty good grasp of it now <laughs> because you um you've you've got a lot yeah. to share well, it was a long time coming, but yeah <laughs> yeah no for sure you've you've learned from some really um insightful people like you said like john mcculloch and countless others and um, have put that all into practice yourself and and now you're teaching similar fundamentals and you have very much put your own spin on things for your own uh clients in your community as well which which is excellent um you also said as well uh, earlier about you help people to connect with their audience which you must be um telepathic or something because mine one of my questions for people is how do you connect with your audience so would you mind sort of talking us through how how you how you personally have connected with your audience maybe then uh segueing into what you suggest for for people who are in your community as well like how what what are the things that you're always telling them to do yeah so how i connect with my audience isn't a million miles away from how i recommend my clients try and connect with their audience really and a lot of it, like you said, is based upon the stuff that I learned from um, John McCulloch and Vicky Fraser and um, Dan Kennedy, and Ben Settle, these type of people who I've kind of followed, um, who I've learned a lot from, uh, sort of what I would call proper marketing, you know, proper effective mm. direct response type marketing, you know, which um, is, it isn't a million miles away from social media type stuff, but in, in a way it is because it's it, social media stuff just kind of very, very much scratches the surface. Um, yeah, but I'm all about kind of, right. So if, if I'm, if I want to connect with an audience, I need to know who my audience is first and I need to decide which parts of that audience that I want to connect with, you know, because what I offer as a pet business coach isn't 
uh, isn't for every pet business owner out there, you know, it's for only a certain section of them. Thank you. My lovely wife just brought me a coffee, Alex. Oh, fantastic. Say hello, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Beth. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, so 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 it's uh, so we we connect. I'm I'm been have my mind blown by the coffee, Alex. It's just been brought out of me. I'm so, so <laughs> if thirsty. you need a well earned <laughs> sip, please have a sip. I've got my tea here as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so this is based upon the stuff that I've learned from them. So it's about you know putting your personality into things, um, showing up regularly, you know, having um, having good follow up systems in place. Um, you know, so that any marketing that you do, like, isn't wasted, you know, and um, and then, yeah, and then kind of doing everything you can to sort of elevate yourself, really, you know, you want to, if you're a business owner, you want to be kind of thinking, right, I'm a, what does it matter whether you are, you're a dog walker, trainer, video guy, you're on a funeral home, a hairdresser, a lawyer, whatever it is that you do, fitness trainer, I know we've had a couple of these on the podcast as well, haven't you, as well, um, whatever you do, you want to be kind of looking, thinking, right, when when people are looking for when people in my town are looking for people like me for someone like me you know like what what are they looking for you know well they're looking for connections you know they're looking for they're looking for a reason to say that's the guy for me you know and so really what you want to be doing is you want to be trying to make sure that everything you do in your marketing is designed around making you look different and better and more extraordinary and more specialized than everybody else, you know, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have uh, summed that up better for sure. It's, um, I think what one of the, the key things is like, you and I are always talking about the fundamentals, aren't we? That's that's like a big lesson that I've picked up from from you and which in turn has come from, um, I know John McCulloch particularly is a, is a big sort of advocate of the fundamentals being the drive and force behind things because they are they are fundamental they are for the most part unmoving and unchanging that's the reason that they exist and they then uh, influence all of the nitty-gritty details after that it is just details afterwards and i think that what you just described there is very much like the fundamental or some of the fundamentals of marketing about you know um not only kind of showing up as as a, an authority and being a sort of an authentic version of yourself, I suppose, but giving people a reason to say like, ah, th- th- this is the guy, this is the guy or gal who ticks all of the boxes and who is a perfect fit for me because within that, you are kind of acknowledging that there is competition out there and that they're, that your customers, your potential customers, ultimately have a choice to make between you and lots of other people. And I think a problem that, a bit of an issue that a lot of business owners and marketers have, whether they know it or not, is they kind of just blend in because they just shout about themselves and how great they are. And not that there's anything inherently wrong with that. We need to be promoting what we're, what we're doing and showing if we're proud of what we do and we know that we do a good job and we help people, we want to shout about it. But at the same time, it needs to be packaged up in a, in a way that makes our audience members... It's kind of trust us, I suppose, ultimately, rather than just blending into the noise of everyone else who's saying, look at me, look how great I am. Um, do you see this a lot? Do you think this is a, a particularly big problem? Like the, the way that people are showing up online and the way that they're kind of um, making their businesses look? 100%, yeah, 100%, buddy. They, I mean, this, this it, like you said, it's a time old big problem, really. You know, we 
we, we start a business. Um, do a little example, really, for when, I suppose from when I started my business, and this is why I didn't do it the way that most people do it. And it wasn't because I had any particular, at the time, marketing knowledge, but I got a couple of key principles correct, and that was the kind of basis for all of the good things that followed since then. So when most people start the business, you know, and they look around and they see what everybody else is doing and they, they offer the same, um, which makes them look the same, um, and they think... Like they think just because like, right, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a dog, I'm going to set up a dog walking business and I love dogs and I'm going to offer my clients like the best service ever and I'm going to love the dogs so much and all this. And, and it's not like, you, like what you just said, in, in and of itself, that's not a bad thing, you know, and like, but it's really, it's the, probably the bare minimum what you should expect. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, people are looking for more personal reasons why they should invest in your service you know what is different about you and what why are you the person for them you know what's different about you what what what's what, what are people going to like about you what are they going to latch on to what do they want to go know more about what are the stories that you're going to tell to to help to draw them in you know and to make them see that you're different to everybody else and then how is your service going to benefit me more than me buying anybody else's service you know so talk about things like being specialized and stuff as well so to go back to what i said before when i started my business and this came from the the cigarette industry as well actually so uh, me and my friend um uh, jim when we used to chat about uh these businesses that we were going to launch one day <laughs> mm-hmm. and um not thinking that any, either of us ever would but um well, we always knew that we, we would always want to have a premium business. You know what I mean? So I knew, I always knew I would, I wanted to sell, if I was going to sell cars, I would much rather sell Rolls Royces than selling like Ford Focuses, you know, nothing wrong with Ford Focuses, but it's just, you know, it's way easier if you put the right marketing message in front of the right person who's able to buy the Rolls Royce, much easier to sell that car and obviously make a lot more money from it. You know what I mean? It's all the bits and pieces inside don't cost comparatively mm. <laughs> the same as all the bits and pieces, you know, inside of the, uh, well, no, they do cost the same, not the thing. <laughs> and they're of a higher quality, you know, but they're not, um, you know what I mean, don't you? They're it, not it, like worlds apart in terms of... It's more profit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's what we got from the, the cigarette industry as well. So we used to, at a time when, when I was there, we had the number one brand, Lambert and Butler, L&B. And, um, and then our competition brought out a slightly cheaper brand um mayfair and then uh, this is i'm not endorsing any cigarettes here by the way but (laughs) (laughs) but then then we brought out a slightly cheaper brand and then they brought out a slightly another another cheaper brand but but and and so it was like a race to the bottom you know but whilst this race to the bottom was going on for the bulk of the market at the same time as that brands like regal more expensive brands embassy certainly marlborough you know these were like holding their own you know, and, 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 and the profit margin on those brands was like way higher, you know. So I knew, even though I didn't really know how I was going to market it at the time, like the nuts and bolts of the, the fundamentals, if you like, I knew that I would, I, would ha- and that I would have more long-term success if I could create like a premium brand and charge in premium prices, you know, because then I would attract premium clients and over time I would make more money doing less work. You know, I kind of, I just kind of knew that, you know, based upon the, the little bit of business and marketing knowledge that I brought from that industry. So that's exactly what I did. I charged twice as much as what everybody else did. And instead of offering dog walks, I offered adventures. I was the first person to offer a dog adventure. You know, everybody's doing it, obviously, because that's what I teach people they should be doing. But like mm-hmm. at the time, it was like a brand new thing, you know. And just those two things were enough 
I mean, as well as the fantastic service that I offered, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know what I mean? But those two little fundamentals, being different to everybody else and being premium, they were that was sort of the basis for a lot of the success that followed for me, really. Yeah, definitely. I would totally agree with that from from what I've seen as a as a third party kind of thing. Uh, that there's right from the get go, th- there's kind of no doubt that that your business back then and now is is set up to be premium and everything about it says premium and there's kind of no um there's no sort of compromise there really which i think um i mean when i thinking back when i was sort of presented with that idea because i i think i've had a different experience than you in that i (laughs) i never i never started with with the thought of i want to be premium because i think perhaps because of like a bit of imposter syndrome or self-doubt or whatever, I thought, well, that's like way away in the future. Um, who am I to be charging this much money or saying that my service is, is better or whatever when I'm just here? Because I think I was doing what most people do and like looking around at everyone else and like the camera guy down the street who had plus 10, 15 years experience on me, you know, he's charging X amount and he's saying that his service is xyz well i'm here so so what gives me the right and i think that's kind of what i was thinking but ultimately like another fundamental that i that i picked up from you and that i think is really powerful and important is that no one is going to give you permission to to charge whatever you want whatever you think is appropriate or to convey the message that you that you think is appropriate for your business no one's going to come along and like anoint you the power to do that either no, no one's gonna say oh you've had 10 years experience now so now you can charge 100 quid more for whatever it is it's like that's oh. never gonna happen it's it's up to you to kind of have the guts to just do it and and if you are proud of what you're doing and you know that you help people then you should charge accordingly for it and you should obviously in order to be able to do that you have to paint the correct picture of your business and and position it positioning is a massive thing isn't it as premium and high end so i think you're absolutely right leading on from that then um we have obviously you and you have used video quite a bit <laughs> as a result of us working together what are your what what's your sort of general thoughts on this format now i suppose it's going to be it'll be quite interesting to hear what you think compared to you know when we first started filming together as to as to how you're using it now um but you know how do you use it what 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 is what's it been particularly useful for and how do you think other people should be using it as well you might have to I've got, i'm trying to recap i'm going to go back to something first that you said before please do but it yeah ties in nicely with this it ties in nicely with this question as well but you might have to um remind me of the, the actual question <laughs> that's fine but uh, uh so a big part of my success as well and this, and this is something that is diff- really difficult to teach was like the confidence factor you know so i was able to just because I have a bit of a don't give a shit attitude about things, I was able to do that to go high, be different, and carry it off because I get because of who I because of who I am, you know. Because and that's one of my skills, you know. And this goes way back to like when I was uh, I used to do a lot of performing. Do you know what I mean? So I'm used to um, standing up and make a tit in myself and not be, you know, being bothered what people think or, you know, and I've stood on a stage and I've sang and my voice is cracked and like, <laughs> people, 
figured and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And like, and I, you know, or I've, you know, and all these things have happened. And then switching from that to the sales job, even that required confidence. One of the reasons why I kind of excelled with the sales job at Imperial was kind of the confidence factor, you know, because it's it's charismatic and it, it people buy into it, you know, and, and if you don't believe in what you're selling then pe other people won't buy into it either. And I kind of, I found that kind of thing quite easy, I think. And so that kind of gave me the confidence with the business. And I think to tie in with a question that you've just asked, mm -hmm. that's been one of the reasons why kind of video uh, has been a, I wouldn't say a game changer, but certainly been an, become an important pillar in everything that I do with the business because of it's kind of set up for me. Do you know what I mean? I'm a, frustrated entertainer i guess at heart do you know what i mean and and being able to do podcasts lives this kind of thing speaking at seminars and stuff like that this kind of gives me the opportunity to do um what i think i'm pretty good at <laughs> you know mm. something that i'm pretty good at and something that i've worked quite hard at you know so from from my point of view and also from the fact that the pet industry because of the fact that it's dogs and everyone likes looking at dogs, you know, it's kind of set up for video as well. You know, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of bad points with it. And, um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of using video. I use it a lot. Uh, I, I record everything that I, everything that I can, you know, we invest a lot of money in getting you to come along to, um, record everything that I do because it's, you know, having that content, is like is like a big big part of um a big part of my business you know and we package and stuff up in products i mean you've got a little list of um i've sent you a little list of um editing stuff haven't we for uh, the next couple of weeks haven't we you know what i mean for stuff that we've done in the past that i want to repackage up again um so it's it, it it's yeah videos videos really important and videos so, something that now especially with um again, you know, I, I knock social media a lot, but one of the things that it does enable you to do is get in front of people um, and like share your story and stuff and, and really connect with them. And having the Facebook live function as an example is a, it's like a little television almost, isn't it? You know, like in, in, in someone's hand and, um, and it's a, if it's a powerful tool, if, if you use it right like that. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent, mate. And, um, yeah, lots of interesting things that you just said. And um, the the confidence thing, I mean, that was going to actually, something else I was going to ask you about because I think that you do come across very confident on camera, but you don't, you know, you, you put your personality into everything. Um, and it's obvious that, like, you're not really, well, not no, I was going to say that you're, like, not bothered about how you get perceived, which I suppose is partly true because you, as you kind of alluded to earlier, you... Uh, are deliberately not kind of marketing you and your business for everyone. It's very much a case of like f finding the people who are going to be attracted to your style and your way of doing things. Um, but you know, uh, to, in order to to do that, you need to kind of I don't know what the the correct phrase is. Almost get over yourself a little bit and yeah, and yeah. and be comfortable with putting yourself out there and kind of put yourself at risk of getting some backlash from the people who aren't massive fans. So like for example would be like you swear sometimes and you just kind of say things as they are. Um, perhaps sometimes even call out things that you don't like that you see in the industry, not in a, um, not in a, a provocative way, but just as a way of saying this, you know, this is the firmly where I am on this side of the fence kind of thing. And I'm not going to be, um, 
I'm not here to please everyone. I'm here to to do what I do best because that's what I know I'm good at. And if you're if you think differently, then that's totally fine. There's other choices as well. So on the um on the confidence side of things and the and the performance, which I think is a massively important point, and me and Naomi talk about this in another episode as well. Do you have any um? I I know you've mentioned before that it comes quite naturally to you to kind of as you say you've had that background you've had the the sales and the performance background anyway do you have any sort of tips for people who that side doesn't really come as naturally like to to be a bit more uh perhaps animated on camera a bit more interesting engaging and feel less apprehensive towards actually pressing the red button i think you have to be prepared to fail you know you have to be you have to understand that it's not you know you aren't going to you aren't just going to press the red button like you're saying you know you're going to record something like it's going to go viral you know what i mean like that you know you you're dreaming if you think that's going to happen you know uh, and then like you're dreaming if you think like more than 10 people are even going to see it you know but like you i think it's just what you have to think is that you're going to get better at this over time um like everything we talked about this in the past haven't we buddy like emails and, and all this kind of thing you know and 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 whatever it is that you're doing, writing newsletters, speaking on stage, doing a podcast even, you know, and like whatever it is that you're doing, you've got to be prepared to just have a go and know that you're going to be a little bit shit at the first time. Um, but like you will, you will, you will get better at it. You know, I think talking about stuff, I think the big mistake that a lot of people make is they, well, it's not a mistake. It's just a, well, it is a mistake, but it's just <laughs> almost everybody does anyway is they revert to talking about like the technical side of whatever it is that they do mm. you know um and certainly very true with dog trainers and stuff as well um so again it's something that me and you've talked about me too in the past but like they you know they they, they talk about actually i'll give you a, a, a very current example of this as well but they, they talk about the the technical aspects of dog training or behavior and and the scientific side of it and all that kind of thing and that and like that's just like yeah like the, this is what i tell my guys anyway is like you know it's okay to do that like in your little geeky facebook dog groups that you're in with your mm. other little geeky dog trainer friends but like don't think for one minute that you doing that you know to the wider world is like is going to endear you to anybody in any way do you know what I mean or make you look smart or make your business look attractive do you know what I mean because if anything it's going to just make you look like an out of touch dickhead you know you, <laughs> you really want to be like forgetting all that and just showing up and you know first of all talking about like your story you know like why you do what you do and then just giving examples talk about things that you've done in the past you know how have you helped people you know and and just talk try and wrap things up like in a bit of a story element really and and then and then you people are going to engage with it you know and and that way you kind of you get better at doing it, the, the, get better at doing the right things, you know? So, so we've made mistakes with it in the past where the very first podcast that we, that I ever did, the superhero dog owner show, we recorded like, I think we recorded three episodes, didn't we? Mm. And, and then you chop them together and stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, no, like I'm a shit. Like I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being myself here for some reason. Do you know what I mean? I'm being too, I'm, being too exactly what I've just said, you know, I was trying to be too professional if you like. Mm. Um, so we kind of canned them, didn't we? And then like started again, let our air down a little bit and, 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 and things were, things were a lot better, you know, similar thing happened with you with your emails. I think, didn't you, when you start and you were like, Oh, this is not like, I'm not, you know, 
I'm, I'm not being me kind of thing, you know? And, um, and that's like what, that's like what you're after, you know? And so when I say, I say to people like, you know, when people say you want to be more dumb, you know what I mean? I don't mean be more like me, you know what I mean? But if you, you want to, wherever you are on the scale. So like if you're here and I'm over here, you know, you want to try and move a little bit further over, you know, and be more you, be, you know, just tell more of your story, be more honest. Um, and the great thing about when you're showing up on video, like that people get to see you like grow as well you know like that's part of the, the narrative as well really that you know people get to say like oh when he came on he was really shy and all this kind of thing mm. you know it's in a way that i've seen with you you know like you know like this is um and you doing this and, and like when you think about like people i've helped like with claire and and katie and all these people who were in my world you know they're like they were and, and little harriet even who's just been on my pod you know they're like they were like they were little mice you know like when they first started and just just takes a bit of time you know and and little those little tiny beetle steps that vicky talks about you know and um but yeah the more you talk about yourself you know how you know your passions why you do what you do how you can help people the mistakes you've made all these kind of things, like, you know, there's five, six ideas straight away that people can go in, have a little go of, and that'll connect way more than you trying to teach people the technical aspects of whatever it is that you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's great, mate. There's, there's, yeah, so many good points in there. Um, yeah, th- thanks for sharing those. Uh, I think that what strikes me, and I think this is perhaps a bit of hindsight as well, is that, like, this, this it makes it really easy for you. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if it's a bit of a fundamental to to show up as yourself and to be to tell more stories about things that have happened to you and um, be a bit more lighthearted maybe and just kind of worry less, as you said, about the techie side and trying to come across as like I know the most and I know all of these um, big complicated ideas and stuff and just yeah, tell them more stories and stuff. Well, that's over time at least that that gets really easy because it is quite a natural thing to do it's it's very it's personal and it's the type of thing that you do every day anyway well when you're you know speaking with colleagues and friends and family and whatnot it's it's just it's having a conversation ultimately isn't it and most people are are all right at at doing that um absolutely It's, it's real it's real life stuff it's real life stuff, and that's what people are after. They want to know that they're buying into like a real person. And the other thing is, is it can't be copied. Yeah. You know? so your stories can't be copied. Your experiences can't be copied. Your case studies can't be copied. You know, people can copy everything else. You know, and people try and copy a lot of my stuff. You know, still now. Um, but you know, they can't copy me because they might not want to. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, they can't. They can't copy you. Yeah, hundred percent correct. Um, and. I'm a massive proponent of that fundamental idea as well. And like everyone, you know, I see this in my world as well with the video people and the amount of guys who I follow, um, whether they're colleagues, people I know, or just whoever, who, like, they only use their work to define themselves. Do you know what I mean? And, like, I know nothing about them as a person. I'm not saying that I'm the the best at doing this, for sure, but, like, like... the the norm that the, the general trend that I see is exactly the same, and that I know nothing about who they are and what what kind of things you know they're all about and their values and all this kind of stuff. It's all just like here's some work that I did, oh. and that's fine. But it doesn't really. I don't feel connected to them in any way. Oh. Oh. It's very like um, unemotional and quite. Um, 
I don't know. It's 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 like objective, but in a bad way. If that makes sense, it's like yeah, there's just kind of nothing to latch onto there. So I, I would 100% back up what you've just said and encourage the listener to put yourself into more of what you do. Put yourself into your marketing more because people people want to know. Like I think again, depending on how you think about things and the way you wired up, a lot of people are averse to telling stories and putting more of their personality and themselves into their marketing because they think, well, no one wants to know, like no one cares, like no one's particularly bothered, but they, they do, they do care. Um, and like you said, when you start, when you first start out, you're probably not going to get many people liking and commenting and sharing and saying, oh, this is brilliant. This really helped me. But behind the scenes, you will be doing stuff. You will be gradually making those waves and it just takes the consistency to do it. Um, as we sort of wrap up this episode, Dom, and th- thank you for sharing everything that you have. I thought we would just maybe quickly um, overview a little bit of a success story that we've had, that, that you've had relating to video from last year, which was the Tour de Rescue. Um, because this was, me and Naomi both really enjoyed working on this with you and like loved the end results that we got. And it felt really good to to genuinely be making like a positive difference for a lot of people and being able to see that throughout the week that we filmed. And I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I am actually sporting today. I did see that. My buddy, Tour de yeah. Rescue t-shirt I thought was I, uh, appropriate. I, I don't fit into mine. This is what lockdown <laughs> has done to my figure. That's why I'm back on the bike. <laughs> is it not just muscles? You're not just getting like buff. <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for those who haven't seen, uh, what what was the Tour de Rescue and why did you want to do it? Yeah, cool. So this was... a. Uh, um... You were the first person to ever uh, hear about this, really. Um, so, the sort of the, the bit of backstory to it is, um, I am a big fan of a, a writer called Tim Moore, and Tim Moore has done a number of um, crazy um, bike uh, rides. <laughs> I think of a word there. <laughs> More like a feat, really, what he does. But he, um, yeah, he did one where he, he sort of copied the Tour de France. You know, when he rode around uh, the route like three weeks before the actual Tour de France. Um, and he's a, quite a funny travel writer anyway, you know, so there's, there's lots of humor and stuff in there. Um, and he did one where he rode down the Iron Curtain and then and then other ones as well. So I read about that and I was, I, I was, I'm always thinking, as you know, and <laughs> trying to come up with ideas and stuff. And, and last year I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, so the, in 2018, I did two boot camps. And then last year, I decided I was going to do um, one big boot camp, and then I was going to do one kind of event as well. And I wanted it to, I wanted it to be something that I would enjoy, that would uh, that would give me a, a bit of an outlet for something that I wanted to do. And in this case, it was cycling. I knew I wanted to get back into cycling. Uh, I knew I wanted to kind of bring my community together um, of pet professionals who I. Um, love working with you know and, and who I mentor and stuff as well and I, I wanted to kind of involve rescue dogs if I could because I'm a big advocate of rescue dogs and we've had a, a few different rescues and, and the whole what I said at the very start about how I started the business was I'd, I was helping out with the local rescues that was you know where I and I, I learned that I wanted to enjoy that I would enjoy working with dogs you know so so all those things kind of fused together to become this idea of me riding around a bunch of um rescues you know a bunch of dog rescue centers and i thought it would be a great opportunity to tell their story for each of them shine a light on the great work that they're doing and kind of raise a bit of cash as well at the same time so yeah i kind of i think i first floated this idea with you maybe it's back end of 2018 something mm. like that maybe um 
and you were like, yeah, go for it. I think it'll be great. I think it'll be mint. <laughs> and then <laughs> not knowing what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then I sort of told the world about it at um, Impact 2019. Well, told the attendees about it anyway. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, and then after that, it was it was like all systems go, wasn't it? We had the the dates booked in the diary uh, around your availability and the end of summer type thing. And and, and yeah, and so it was, it was, uh, you know, it was like three months training for me as well. So it kind of got me in shape and it was just a great way. It just did everything. It just ticked all the boxes really, you know, it, it pulled my community together. Um, it, it enabled me to go and meet a load of fantastic, um, rescue, uh, helpers, you know, these people who run the places and stuff. And yeah, and, and we managed to document the whole thing as well, didn't we? And over a kind of a crazy four days, really, we did four legs, one in Northumberland, one in Teesside, one in um, like South Yorkshire way, and then one in Wales. Um, and then and then we did it. We did a seminar most evenings. We didn't get the seminar on the first day, but we did three seminar evenings as well, pulled a load of dog trainers together and, and yeah, and got a load of... Um, Got a lot of good footage with the rescues can that I now use in to you know help promote their stuff. Um and, and yeah, it was uh it was it was an absolute blast. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was a hell of a week. And um we we sort of split this up. I'll put some links in the in the show notes to, to where people can see all these uh videos because yeah, each of them very much sort of tells the story of the individual rescue that we go to. Um, and it was really interesting to see just the differences between them, really. You know, we had some places where things were, were generally going pretty well, considering. And, you know, th- th- they had loads of interest and um, things were sort of ticking along. And then we had other places like at Hope where, you know, we had essentially one guy running this rescue center on his own and basically being pretty overwhelmed you know and then he he later told us as well that he'd had like legal battles and stuff and all just because he's trying to to help out you know all all these animals really and it was really eye-opening for for me and naomi i don't i think naomi particularly like she said um well she told us on the on the last day didn't she when we we sort of had our final event and we had a bit of a debrief for everyone who attended um, that it was quite eye-opening just how bad a lot of these rescues have it, really. Um, and so that's what made it quite gratifying, I think, to know that we were doing a good thing and that you were doing a good thing and that you were, you know, very deliberately trying to increase the profile of these places, really, and tell some of the stories. And I suppose we've come full circle here because that was always the fundamental thing of what you wanted to do was to to go there and to interview all of these different people about their own experiences and get them to tell us and tell the viewers their individual little anecdotes and stories rather than just saying like you know hi we run this rescue it's really tough could you donate some money if you can you know because like it's harsh but like that's not what it's not going to connect with people and the reason that uh charities and and places like that really really pile on the the emotional side when it comes to their marketing and their advertising is because it works like that and that's that's what people that's how you attach a level of gravitas to those types of situations um, by by injecting some emotion in, into there. So it was really it was a it was a excellent week, I thought, and um, yeah, it's great great to see the the final results on on there. Um, hey, great! It gave them a just to back up what you're saying there as well. It gave them like a a resource, didn't it, that they could use, you know, to connect with their audience as well, like in a way that like. In a way that they probably weren't doing, you know, before. Yeah. 
um and but then the way that you shot it and you know and the, the way that we, we did the interviews and was highlighting some of the dogs and stuff and just focusing on some of the stories yeah like you said which that was like the, the idea and then it kind of no, it was like it was really uplifting as well, wasn't it? But don't get me wrong, like everything that we do, there was lots of mistakes, you know, <laughs> lots of things that were done differently. The first night we didn't even get the seminars done because, you know, because uh, it was the whole thing was so rushed, really. Do you know what I mean? But like, you know, and now I'm just going to things thinking, right, how good can I make this? And then, mm. and then, you know, uh, and I, I think, yeah, we did, we did a pretty good job, didn't we? Damn right, damn right. Well, it, I think we the, the main reason we did such a good job is because you, as I said, to come full circle again, really, you're always thinking of the next idea and you're very much, um, you don't really let stuff, from what I see is anyway, let it get you down. You know, you are prepared to fail and prepared to try new things. Um, that's what I've consistently seen since we first started filming however many years ago. Um, and I think that uh, there's a there's a lot to be, to be taken from what we've discussed today, but also just from from what you do in general, day to day, and the way you conduct yourself and connect with your audience and communicate with people, and a lot of the fundamentals that you're that you promote. I think there's there's a lot for people to kind of dig into there. So hopefully, uh, the listeners will have got a lot from this. I'm sure they will have done. Where can people go to find out more about what you do, keep in touch with you and, and all that kind of stuff? Cool, yeah. So before I, I'll just say as well, mate, it's been a pleasure having you um, being a big part of the journey as well, you know, and, and more lately, um, Naomi coming along and um, a video and stuff too, helping out with you. You know, it's been a... Um, it's just, it's been hugely enjoyable, you know? I mean, we started off as like a, a very professional relationship, wasn't it, you know? And then but sort of quickly... Um, developed into being, um, you know, good. Like you said at the start, good mates, you know, and uh, and 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 it's it's a as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who is trying new things. It's brilliant to have this like little network of fantastic, fantastic professionals um, who I'm able to call on, like yourself, you know. And uh, I've missed you, buddy, in the lockdown. We, well, <laughs> same, you know, mate. Same. Looking forward to uh, to getting back out there for a meal or something. Or totally. Usually, would be we would be recording these either at my gaff or your gaff, with you know, with a couple or three and <laughs> chewing the fat and talking about ideas. But yeah, um, it's all yeah, indeed, yeah. So yeah, so people can go to um, the best place. Pet professionals can go to GrowYourPetBusinessFast.com. There's a bunch of resources on there, tons of cool videos. One man and his dog business is on there on the about page that you put <laughs> together. Stellar job you did last year on that. Um, yeah, there's a 33 ideas they can sign up for. I've got a podcast, the Poodle to Pitbull Pet Business Podcast. Um, people want to check out the Tour to Rescue stuff. There's a tourtorescue.com website um, and a Facebook page stuff as well, so you can see some of the stuff that Alex did. Or just you know, if you just Google um, Dominic Hodgson Dog Trainer or Dominic Hodgson Pet Business Coach, you'll see my books and stuff on Amazon as well. So yeah, not difficult to find out more um, about me if, if you really if you really want to. <laughs> Fantastic, and they should they should definitely want to. Um, thanks for the kind words as well, mate. Yeah, I'll just obviously echo them and say that it's always a pleasure working with you. I'm looking forward to this lockdown being lifted so that we can eventually start creating some stuff again. Um, and we would have been, uh, your impact event would have, wh when was that scheduled again? Pretty that soon. was going to be beginning of May. So that was May, May 2nd. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've had to postpone that until October. Um, but I'm actually going to be doing a, an online impact event. Um, 
an online success summit uh, in about a month's time, actually. So, yeah, so you'll be involved with that. I'm not sure if I've told you about that or not, but you'll be involved with that. <laughs> I am now. Well, like everyone else, you know, it's not like I have any plans. So, it's, it's yeah, I'm automatically enrolled for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dom, mate, it's been a pleasure, as always. Always good to chat to you. Um, yeah, encourage the listener to go and... and connect with you more and look forward to seeing you again and look forward to working with you again thanks very much for for taking the time to speak with us you're welcome buddy stay safe look after yourself and i'll look forward to seeing you as well excellent you as well mate see you soon We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grow Your Business with Video podcast and that you're ready to take another step towards creating truly effective video. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review so that we can help even more people. For everything else, you can find us at artifactmedia.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you next time.